Alrighty, everyone, welcome back to another episode of In My Humble Opinion. This is Jesse Tincher joined by David Robinson. So, uh, finally, getting to my my favorite topic slash my bread and butter, fantasy football. So the way fantasy football works, there's like different um, settings that your leagues could be in if you've never played. Um, not, I'm not sure the breakdown of listeners that have played or just are listening for fun Um, but just quickly there's standard um a standard scoring system which is just like you get points for like touchdowns passing yards rushing yards receiving yards and then like you could lose points for like fumbles whatever and then there's half ppr so it's you get half a point it's the same scoring system just adding in half a point for every reception and then there's full ppr which is one full point for every reception um so we kind of like have bounced around playing different um variation like different scoring systems and then we've also like messed with the roster um structure trying to like figure out ways that make it most fun and um, competitive I personally, I personally have been on both sides of the fence, uh, being like a PPR person, being a, a standard person, but we currently play in a, a half PPR league, which I'm pretty, I, I, I think I prefer that the most out of all of them, just because I think a PPR just drastically changes the, the, um, the football, fantasy football landscape. Like you could literally just get someone like, not not he wasn't like this last year but he's been a guy that's been historically known James White like not an amazing running back he's not typically like the main primary ball carrier for New England but he usually gets a decent amount of passing work which makes him a pretty solid piece um but over like the last couple of years injuries have been a problem so he doesn't play as much but whatever and also you could get people like Leonard Fournette who not only is a beast running the ball, but last year led the league in like targets out of the backfield. So he was, he was a freaking monster, but anyways, so uh, me and David are now going to just kind of like briefly go over um, kind of like what we prefer to look for at the different positions. And this is all going to be based off of half PPR. Uh, if, if, you know, David, if you want to kind of, give your perspective on PPR standard. Uh, you can as well. I just think like it's easier with half cause it's in the middle. So you could go. First. Yeah. I, I think Jesse kind of has, I'm kind of the same boat on that one. I just think, like you said, it just makes it, it changes the landscape. Cause then I don't even feel like you have to get the best players like the JD McKissicks, the James whites of the world just get such significant boosts or like, I hate to say it. Like, but like the Jarvis Landry's also take off, and I, and, and I, Waddle to an extent fun. last year, like yeah, Waddle exactly. had an I, I incredible catches. Because like that wasn't totally his fault. That was just the offense and what we were. But like, it's just it takes away from it. I do think obviously catching passes, you deserve some points, and I think that adds like another layer to it. That's why I like the half. I think it's mm-hmm. it's just like the perfect amount. But then like we also tinker with it where we have three receiver spots now in the starting lineup. Not everyone does that. It's usually two. And I like that a lot more. We thought it might be a little weird, but it just adds another element. Makes you have to think a little bit more, be more strategic. There's like, everyone does it a little different. Like, I know we talked about taking out kickers. I think that's part of the game. I don't think you should take that out. Personally, I think it's like a good role. And it has been, in our league, a sling thing. And same with defense, special teams as well. Yeah. Those are things that are more commonly kind of taken out of leagues. Like a lot of people, like you and me, tend to do this is like you pick up based off matchups um for defenses that's what i typically do um but a lot of people take them out a lot of people take defenses out but when i made my run uh to win our, our league like three years ago um it was on the back of like the new england patriots defense when they were dropping like 20 points a game like it was unreal <laughs> i just think it could be such a swing and i think it's one of the one positions where you're there's more of a chance of getting negative points. It's kind of crazy in that sense. Yeah, if you get anything, honestly, like, for me, as long as you get some points, like, 
I would say five, at least five. I'm looking for at least five from a defense. Yeah, uh, as long as you don't go negative, I think that's the most important thing. Um, that... But those are swing positions, in my opinion. Yeah, like... but, like, you can't – unless you get, like, good matchups. So that's another thing. Like, a lot of uh, leagues, like traditional leagues, when it comes to um, how for the waiver wire works, like picking up, picking up players, defenses – um, it usually goes based off of like your record and then some people do it where um, if you make a waiver wire move like an acquisitions an acquisition you then like drop down to the bottom of the list and everyone shuffles up and then every time you make a move you like drop down and everyone shuffles up um, and that's just like in case like two people put in a a request for the same player um whoever's higher priority on the list gets that player but we have adjusted and gone to a fab system which is like um a bidding a system. system yeah yeah like a money bidding system you so, get like 100 bucks for the season so it's like blind it's a blind bid so you like for example let's say um dalvin cook gets hurt so everyone is like running to the waiver wire realistically this guy's probably gonna be stashed on someone's bench but everyone's running to get alexander madison um so people are like blindly throwing a percentage of their money and whoever bids them the highest amount wins that player and so like it's a fixed amount of money so we play where everyone gets a hundred dollars to start the season and that doesn't change so you can put in a bit of zero dollars for players but you would only get it if no one else puts in a bid yeah and that's why like i i think jesse does the same thing where with like especially when you know someone might pick up some guys you like kind of put a couple different bids in for different players just to, like you know if you do lose that guy you might get another guy it kind of it's definitely more challenging i definitely think it's the most it's the most fair way and it does also make you have to be more strategic i think um, I feel like when you do it the other way, someone always just tends to get upset. Like the other yeah. normal ways, someone always just gets butt hurt. Yeah, and I, I think there's a, a valid point to it though. Like you, because typically the worst people are gonna be have the first like grabs at players. Um, and it's just like it kind of screws a lot of the other people, especially like. This isn't like a I, like this isn't like a super, I guess relevant um, situation. But that same year where I went to like win the season, uh, I was well known to like stream a quarterback. So that's when you like pick up um, a quarterback every week, or like just whatever position stream is. Like if you just pick someone up every week based off of that matchup. So, like, I would do that for quarterback, and it got to a point at the end of the season, not saying it was intentional, it was just very frustrating when there were people that were holding, like, three-plus quarterbacks on their rosters, and, like, so I was pretty much picking up, like, I I would have no one to really pick up, and then people would be like, oh, well, you could trade for a quarterback, and it's it just got very frustrating to that point. At the same time, though, you, like, you're not, I'm not saying you're not supposed to do that, but you know the risk of streaming. That's what happens. You might not get the guy like, I, but I do agree. Like, if someone has like four quarterbacks or even even threes, a lot. Like, if you have more than three, you're definitely just being a butthole. But also, we have friends in our friend group. Not gonna name names. We both me and Jesse know who it is that think that quarterbacks hold some value, like some uh, weird trade value, which they really don't. Like, no one trades for quarterbacks. This rarely happens in any of the leagues I've been in. Whatever I read, like you're like, you just don't need it because you could stream it, dude. It's a position where, more often than not, any quarterback gets you at least like 15 points. More often than not. Yeah, yeah. So that that will lead into like how we're gonna start discussing our our viewpoints on positions and how we draft. Um, so I personally will never draft a quarterback high. I will wait till like the latter, like the last like five or six rounds, unless like someone falls um a significant amount because i have that mindset like i know i can go find 
you know, a guy who could pick me up a couple, like, you know, a solid 15 points, um, like a week. And as long as you get stability at other positions or like higher value at other positions, because people are like reaching because the way these drafts work for the most part is like there's runs. So like people kind of draft normal, right? And then someone will take Patrick Mahomes. Then someone will take Lamar Jackson. And then all of a sudden it's just like just flying off the boards. Like people are just grabbing quarterbacks. Same thing with running backs. Um, Cause the running backs, like I feel like this year there's a bigger shelf of like higher value running backs. But for the past couple of years, I felt like there was like five or so that you wanted. And so like once like two go, everyone just starts going for them. So you have to like, it depending on how comfortable you are with like roster structure um you at least the way i see it is i go for like just keep drafting high value at the other positions like receiver because those people are essentially falling because these runs are happening and i'm like i'll just load up at other positions assuming that they could carry that that's that weight um that is being left from not getting one of those top tier quarterbacks tight ends running backs i i agree i definitely agree with the quarterback position jesse kind of knows i'm like the same way like you tend to wait on quarterback defense slash special teams and kickers till the very end, if not even pick up like a kicker or a defense sometimes after. And I think Jesse's in the same value. I don't draft more than one of those guys. Some people draft more than one quarterback. I think that's ridiculous. I think it's a waste of a spot. There's going to be plenty of quarterbacks that you could pick up afterwards. And, and I'm not a big fan of drafting rookie quarterbacks. So I, um, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's not really, like, something I'm going to do. So, yeah, I wait on quarterbacks as well. If a quarterback falls, of course, when people make those quarterback runs, that's the best time to scoop players up. But I, I do, you know, it's been very difficult. I've been trying to find the right – there's no your, – your draft strategy is always going to change in the moment because you're going to have guys take people out of position. They're going to do weird things. So you come in with this draft strategy, but it's never that simple. But I would say – and Justin may think differently – the top, what he said is accurate. The top level running backs is very high at the top, and and it gets worse and worse at the bottom. I still think that's the case. I think there's a couple more guys, but still, it's still very very difficult. Like you're still like some of the best guys are still very injury prone as well. McCaffrey and Saquon, you're gonna that's even Dalvin, that's a, you know whatever. And Kamara wasn't really that great last year. He was still good, but like his numbers were down. Like there's some really quality guys. I I personally do believe. That running back is the most important position in fantasy. That does not mean you cannot win with, you know, if you have high-powered other positions. I'm just saying, to me, that is such a position that I, I feel like I always somehow get shafted on, whether it's either I have poor depth or I don't have two quality backs. And I feel like you need at least two to three quality running backs on your roster. I Do I think you need, a, a, like, an elite one wide receiver? I do. If you can get one of each, that's a great way to start your draft. But I, I personally really think running back is, like, a very position that, like, you can't wait on. If you wait on it, you really make sure you're stacking up at receiver and, like, tight end. And then to me, I think tight end's a swing position, man. The more and more I know, if you if, – if the, the issue is, like, you don't want to reach for a tight end. Like, I'm not going to drop the tight end in the first two rounds, like, ever. Probably not even the first three. But if you can get, like, more upper-tier tight ends that are going to get you, like, consistent production, dude, that's a – big bonus bro that's a massive bonus like i don't know if you disagree jesse but like dude think about it if you wait too long you're gonna get some dumpster tight end maybe he gets you like five to ten points a game maybe a little more sometimes but dude these upper tier tight ends can get you a lot of points like dude like example like jesse always thought this guy was kind of overrated but you know mark andrews keeps getting fed the ball and this year is gonna be no different like it's just to me tight end is a very like swing position type thing like you get a high cal a, a top 10 tight end that's fucking phenomenal i think there's four like four tight end well there's three that a hundred percent like if i could get if i could get like a, a good running back or a solid receiver and i'm in like the back the back half of the draft so like if i'm picking anywhere from like eight to twelve I would consider taking – I'd 100% consider taking Kelsey. Like, Kelsey is always, like, in the top 10 fantasy points, like, as a receiver. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's considered to be, like, a top five 
fantasy receiver. And, I think he's the only guy. Yeah, he, especially with Hill going, I think. That, <laughs> my God, it's gonna open yeah, a lot for him. Yeah, but I see them doubling him more now. Yeah, um, but but we've seen we've seen you know all the, all those efforts and it, it it works, but not on a consistent basis. And 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 his value that he provides is just unreal in comparison. Like he is a true difference maker. Uh, Mark Andrews is another one that I'd highly consider. Um, Kittle is also up there, but Kittle like the injuries with Kittle are really tough. Um, and then I think. Goddard would be another one I would throw in there. I wouldn't take him in the first two rounds. Hawkinson. I see. I just yeah. The the injuries and also like I don't trust like so. I like looking for players in high power offenses. Uh, Lions are not considered a high power offense in my opinion. Um, I think that may be a general consensus. Um, Yes, they will be having to pass the ball more, which is a big plus for something I also look for uh, in receiving weapons is like offenses that will pass more because of um, like game scripting. So like they'll be losing. So hypothetically they will have to chase touchdowns. Um, But I like Goddard because, you know, him and Jalen hurts looked good last year together. Um, And then you're throwing in AJ Brown, adding another receiving threat to like really space out that defense Devontae Smith taking another step forward, space out the defense more. These are all things you could also argue that take targets away from him. Um, but a tight end is a tight end is a position where there's very minimal guaranteed, um, you know, ten plus point production guys a week. Like it, it's 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 usually like five or so guys that you could be like, all right, like they will get you some valuable production. Uh, and then the rest, it's like just a dart. Like you just hope they they don't throw zeros up on the board, and occasionally, like they're gonna have a big game, like Jacecki, uh last year was. Yeah, and and I mean, I don't necessarily think this person is slept on, and I'm not saying this is gonna be like a breakout year, but Kyle Pitts had a really good rookie oh, year. Amazing, and I and I know you also liked him, but I loved Pitts last year. I wanted him last year in fantasy, um, being a Florida State fan watching that dude just destroy my team every year. Uh, I like, I knew that guy was gonna be something special. And that, that's another guy that should be thrown into that conversation. I, I forgot. And I just left him out. Yeah. Especially with like adding more weapons there that they should be a little bit better. And they, uh, it seems like he's in a good position there for, for sure. I mean, I mean, would you say then you agree with me? Like tight ends, a huge position that if you get one of these guys that can produce consistently, it's a massive difference. Like I've noticed that, like some of these guys that get these guys, it's just such easy production. Cause then when I've had it where I'm streaming tight ends and like, cause I, the guy I got was like Hayden Hurst two years ago and it was like a, almost a bust of a pick. Dude, it kills you, dude. It's really, that's a position that's very hard to stream. It's not like quarterback. You can't, it's hard to get consistent production. Like, yeah. So like in the back end of the draft, I think it's very important, like to highly consider taking like Kelsey or Andrews, like you, even Pitts, like those would probably be my three, my first three that I would target just because Kittle has Kittle and Hawkinson, even though I'm not very high on Hawkinson, the two of them have the injury problems. And then Goddard, because that is a relatively run heavy offense. Um, and they have, they added AJ Brown to, you know, that receiving group. Like you have, like, I think you, if you could get a running back, or like guarantee that like depending on where you're picking that you could get one of those three and a top tier running back, I would do that because it's easier to make up the value and points at receiver than it is, you know, vice versa, like at tight end or running back. I agree. I think we're on the same page here. I think getting a, a really good quality running back and, um, a really quality tight end at some point within the first three round, three four rounds is as massive. I don't know if you agree with me here. I, I I feel like running back if you can like I'm not I'm not saying you want to pass up on quality receivers. There's just so many more quality receivers than there's running back. So like I would be more like if I went running back, running back, tight end, and got one of those tight ends you said, and two solid running backs. I feel like that's a very fantastic start to the draft. And then you can go wide receiver, wide receiver after that. 
I've flipped like I've I've been on like both sides of, of the the argument of <laughs> I'm not like as extreme when it comes to like the the RB zero method or like you know running back heavy methods like RB zero is like if you don't draft a running back to like late um so like that's kind of what I did last year like I kind of went pretty well. Last year I had McCaffrey uh, drafted McCaffrey, so pretty much did running back zero. <laughs> but um, like I, I went pretty. I took. I take. Usually what I do is I try to take one of the top tier running backs if that's available to me, and it's not a reach. And then I try to load up at like receiver, and then I'll. T- I I have a problem where I fall in love with like a couple rookies and I or like young guys, and I try to like get a couple of them, which I did last year. Like I got like Damian Harris, Javante Williams. Um, I had, I, I had like quite a few like young guys like that. And like, they ended up pulling through and being very solid pieces, but I was in a predicament where, oh, I also had AJ Dillon. Like I was in a predicament where I had like three or four guys that were all like solid and I had to kind of play like the matchup game and I had to choose like my poison of who I was going to sit out of the bunch because I had so many good receivers. So I like had to dedicate, you know my flex position to like receiver as well. Um, and that kind of like, that's kind of a bad position to be in is when you have to like pick and choose out of like running backs or something. And then uh, you, you happen to pick the wrong guy. It's very frustrating. Especially when you have guys like Williams and Harris who are in, on teams where they use multiple backs. I mean, obviously Williams and Harris still had very good years. I'm pretty sure I had AJ Dillon first, to be honest. Dude. Yeah. I picked them up. Yeah, the I waivers. dropped him because he wasn't doing too much, which, again, he's he's going to get a ton of carries. It's one of those things where, like, when you draft those guys, you have to be willing to take the risk that they might have a couple down weeks, but they're going to still get a decent amount of carries. Like, Williams this year, Dylan, those are guys I would massively take risk on. Harris, no, I would uh-uh. take him, but I, I wouldn't take him as high as those guys. I would not, especially, like, with Ramondre there, and they drafted, what, three running backs and James White's coming back. Um, I would not touch that back. I don't even know why they're bringing James Boyd back. To be honest, it's kind of pointless to me. Yeah. I, so let's here. Let's let's go. Um, sorry. Let's do like structure now. Like let's go um, quarterback. So like, what do you look in? Like, what do you look for when you um, go to choose your quarterback? Um, yeah. So like, what like you know maybe like the structure around him. Um, yeah. So. For me, it's it's going to be down to, especially because me and Jesse wait, some of it is going to be obviously potential a little bit, like if I'm taking a guy that has more risk. But I honestly, like a lot of the last couple years, Jesse, obviously Baker did, had a bad year last year and I took him. But like it was between like him and Kirk Cousins. That's the type of level. Obviously Kirk Cousins had a great year. I'm looking for consistency at the quarterback position. Obviously at any position you're looking for durability. I'm not going to draft a guy that's going to get fucking hurt a ton unless he's absolutely amazing when he plays. I'm looking for consistency, and I'm looking at, and like for him to be on an offense that he's going to be able to produce. You know, and that doesn't mean, like, he has to put up 40 touchdowns. I'm talking about this guy's going to get – throw at least 25-plus touchdowns on the year, you know, and have opportunities to throw the ball. So they don't need to be a high-power offense. Obviously, that's preferred, but, like, you want consistency. To me, a quarterback, you want consistency and a guy that is not turnover-prone personally and then obviously you want him on at least a pretty good offense yeah i look for mobility like that's the key for me especially like when you're waiting so long is like i want a guy who like you don't necessarily have to you know be lamar jackson but like if you could use your legs um maybe like pick up like any up to 50 yards rushing it's just to have that threat when you're within like 10 yards of being able to run in because that's where you get a lot of points from quarterbacks is you get you get most leagues it's like four points for a passing touchdown and you get six for rushing and so like i i did this last year i waited quite a bit and i took jalen hurts was he a great uh you know pro quarterback no not at all he wasn't a great passer but his legs make him such a great option uh, as a fantasy quarterback because he runs a lot you know, he'd, he'd easily be over 50 yards a lot, and he got a lot of rushing touchdowns in that, and that is something that can outplay 
you know, a Tom Brady who has to rely heavily on passing for a lot of touchdowns and passing for 350, 400 yards. Yeah, but the issue is now, think about all the quarterbacks that do do that are pretty much going to get taken earlier. Like, Hurts is going to go a lot higher this year. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the problem is you have to, like, then when you're waiting so long, you then have to, like, kind of find your diamond in the rough, rough like Mariota. Um, that, uh, and and Tua is another guy that – so, I, I'm like I said, here we go with me and the younger guys. Um, I like – just because these are guys that I think are going to be around like the place where I want to take a quarterback, um, Mariota to, uh, I don't know the projection of Derek Carr, um, but Derek Carr just in that offense is unreal. He's going to get taken high, bro. No way. He's a lot of people hate him. So like, and especially like you, and, and you can't like think off of traditional, like, draft boards you have to think about the people we play with that's the thing you can never predict yeah but now he has adams people are gonna love him more just off that adams name and then to me like another guy if he could stay healthy darren waller waller yeah yeah he's huge uh i don't agree with the mariota man that i don't i i don't know because like they say rare looks good that can be a bad situation where he gets taken out i think a guy late that's gonna not t-law T Law is a guy I love. T Law Tua Tua is a good one. I like Matt Ryan a lot too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know it's going to be consistency at least. Because I like Ryan a lot. It's just there's near minimal uh, rushing value, and you're with Jonathan Taylor. So anytime you get close to the red zone, he's gonna he's gonna take quite a few of those touchdowns. Yeah, but Carson Wentz still had a really pretty solid year last year, and Matt Ryan. I think everyone would say they would have Matt Ryan. Yeah, but they're different quarterbacks. Like, Winston run a whole lot, but, like, he's at least somewhat mobile. Like, Matt Ryan yeah, is like a Yeah, I would say Matt Ryan is more accurate and less turnover adverse. Okay. You don't uh, think he's going to have, like, at least a similar year? I think he should have a, a significantly better year. Um, but, I, I, like I said, like, I I love mobility. So, like, I, I'm Ooh, more adverse. No, no, no. I, I know two is not, but I like, like you said, a lot of like a lot of people are going like to that mobility. Um, tr- I guess it's a trend. Um, like those guys are all being hyped up and taken higher than I would like. So then the pool gets a lot smaller. So then I have to start considering the offense you're in with the talent around you. Um, and Tua can move. And he also doesn't have like that number one running back behind him that will take a lot of those rushing attempts uh, when you get close. I mean, they're gonna run the ball a lot. So I, I know, I know, but like, I like him with Jalen Waddle, uh, obviously Tyreek Hill, Mike Jacecki. There's a lot of weapons there, and that's why like Kirk Cousins is another guy I would consider, even though he's not mobile. Like, I think he. I, I'm surprised he doesn't go higher. Like, dude, the last two years he's thrown 30-plus touchdowns. Like, last year he, like, led the league in, like, passing yards, I think, or some shit. Or completion percentage. Like, dude, he's really fu- good. Like, if I would have taken Kirk Cousins last year, that would have been way better. Like, dude, that's a phenomenal late-round pick. Phenomenal. Yeah. And I honestly think this offense has – that offense has potential to be better. There's a lot Significantly of quality better, quarterbacks yeah. to be taken. Yeah. So, all right, let's go – let's go to running back next. Um, so, you – said previously that you want you would prefer to go running back running back or like running back two running backs in your first three picks right yeah that to be safe that would be that would be yes that would be what I, I would prefer honestly if i could get two quality running backs back to back that would be ideal but if i couldn't yeah that's what i would do so what do you look like look for um obviously like health uh like yeah, the team structure like huge huge one i'm not probably going to take any of the running backs early that get hurt a lot like i this year like i'm not saying it's not worth taking this on mccaffrey but he's gone like first last two years like that's that wouldn't even if i had one i wouldn't consider him to be honest like i really i really wouldn't um yeah that and just like obviously like you want like of course if you can get the jonathan taylors of the world you'd love that but obviously dual threat ability like John the Taylor has that ability. Joe Mixon is a guy that I've loved for years. Jesse may not love it, but like he could do a little bit of both. Like you want guys that can catch the ball as well as run, and you want guys that get ample opportunity. That's the biggest thing to me. Guys that could get opportunity, they're healthy, and that can catch passes as well. And obviously, 
of course. Like some people are gonna be like, "Oh, guys that score touchdowns," but that's such a finicky thing. Of course, you want guys that can score touchdowns, but that's really it. Guys are gonna get opportunity, and like Jesse said, you don't want to probably. He said this earlier, and like it's something I'm trying to keep in my head because he's super right on this, and I give Jesse a thousand percent props. I would not. I am not trying to draft a running back on a team that is gonna be constantly down because they're not gonna run the ball a lot. Unless this guy's a great receiving back, but even then, dude, it kind of honestly feels like when teams are down a lot, they're not throwing it to their running back out the backfield a lot. Like, maybe a little more, but not really. So, I feel like teams that, you know, pride themselves on running the ball and, like, are good enough to where they're not going to be down all the time would be my other factor. Yeah, it kind of has to be, like, a perfect storm situation. Like, I got lucky. That was another young guy that I got that I didn't mention, Michael Carter. Um, yeah, but he didn't really do, like, a ton. He didn't have a lot of rushing yards, but he was that guy. His team was losing a lot in the Jets. Young quarterbacks, they like their tight end and running backs. They're easier throws. So Michael Carter would get like you know, uh, like six to nine catches a game. Like he was he that that like made up for a lot of his like lack of rushing production. Was he'd get a lot of catches, he get a lot of receiving yards, and then he would get you know a touchdown or two. Um, so like I like to go for one of the like top guys if I have that option available. Sometimes you don't if you're picking like 10, 10 through twelve. Um, and then it gets tricky because you start having to take a risk on these like committee backfields because uh, those are becoming significantly more popular. And I like, you know, I think value wise, um, I think Melvin Gordon is someone to consider. Uh, the role is kind of like, f- at least the way I saw their backfield before last season was like Melvin Gordon was going to be the main guy. And then like Javante Williams, they were going to like spell each other. I knew it'd be close to a 50, 50 split, but um, I think this year Javante is going to be like the main guy. And because of that, his value is going to, I I agree. I think it's still going to be close to 50, 50, if not 50, 50. Um, But because like Javante is now the front guy, a lot of people have him like rated super high, which I love Javante. Great, talented player. I would just take Melvin Gordon's value because I think he's going significantly less because of it. Um, Leonard Fournette is another like he might be like a top guy that I would go after, um, just because his like he like you said with Jonathan Taylor. I thought his like passing work was significantly underrated until last year, and like he led the league and like you know pass passes caught out of the backfield. Um, so, like, uh, James Conner is another interesting guy. Um, only guy in the backfield, not a great passer. Last time he got the opportunity to be the only, like, main running back, he, he folded massively for the Steelers. Um, I'm curious to see how it works because a lot of his value came by just having a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. Like, anytime they get close to red zone, he was in, he was in the game. Like, run, running back's a very, very interesting um, – place to, to, to you you have to like pick your poison here and like i like to take one stable guy early and then that's why you want the like i honestly sounds bad but like dalvin plays most of the season like i rather take a dalvin than a christian McCaffrey or saquon like easily and like i even probably would say i'd rather have dalvin than Alvin kamara because he's still good in the passing game and he's a way better rusher and ain't close yeah yeah, I agree. And, I, like, that's another thing you have to, like, look at is sometimes I'll, I will compare, like, their divisional matchups because you, you're guaranteed to have, like, you know, obviously the six games with your division. And I know, like, the Packers are a hard matchup to, like, play twice. But Dalvin getting the – the Lions showed a lot of grit last year. Um, but, like, the Bears – not a great defensive team. Uh, you got to play them twice. I think the Lions are a favorable matchup. And then, like, same thing with going down to the NFC South. You got Leonard Fournette, who gets to play. The Saints, who are, like, they, first off, they're uh, usually a very, very good defensive team, and they always play Tampa very hard. But then you get Carolina and Atlanta. I think Carolina's defense is solid. It's solid, but... Like it's Tampa Atlanta's Bay. Atlanta's terrible. Besides, like AJ Terrell and like like one other guy on that. And then Jonathan Taylor, likewise, you get to play 
Jacksonville and Houston twice each. Um, like the, these are things that I also like to consider. I don't make them a massive like factor in my opinion of like who I want unless it's like unless like I'm split between like two guys who I have very close. Like I don't do personal rankings. I just kind of make a list of guys who I really like and then combine that with like their expected like their average draft position or whatever. And if they're close on my like list, um, I then will consider be like, all right, well, they're going to have to play the, these teams, you know, so many times a year. I think another big thing for me personally, Jesse has said it, he's more prone to do this. I'm not a big fan of drafting like rookie running backs or like rookie tight ends more often than not. Obviously, Kyle Pitts was kind of the exception. And I knew he'd be solid. I didn't think he was going to get as much production as he was because the offense was weird. But I'm more like, I'm, like especially this year, like, there's probably only two rookie running backs I would really take. And it's not Brees Hall, because I have my James Carter. Cook, baby. James freaking Cook. I still don't think I would take him, personally. Really? I because Like, he's I probably my favorite. It's more because I don't know how much opportunity he's actually really going to get. They're saying that, but they still have Devin Singletary, who was actually pretty good last year. And they're still a passing. They still pass the ball a lot. Josh mm-hmm. Allen runs the ball a little bit. I think it depends on one thing. The only thing is, is Chris Carson doesn't play. I think Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth will be. Or, yeah, sorry. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Kenneth Walker. And then the second guy, Jesse knows, and it's one of our friends' favorite players. I like Tyler Algier or Algier or whatever. I, I, I'm not I, here I for it. I understand what you're saying, but, like, Corwell Passon isn't really a running back, and people are saying that he'll probably play a little more receiver this year than running back. So, And I'm not saying I would draft him. I'm saying it's a guy to keep your eye on. But, like, again, I don't like Brees Hall because they have Michael Carter and they have still Tevin Coleman. I don't I don't really trust that. So, like, to me, it re- I, I agree. James Cook would be one of the guys I would consider. But, again, I probably wouldn't take any of these guys until very late, if anything. Yeah, I'll probably, uh, I'll, I'll probably try to get Kenneth Walker and, and James Cook. Maybe – realistically, I don't think I would physically be able to get both, but I will – certainly try to get at least one of them um because i i the seattle situation is just such a nightmare like chris carson literally gets hurt every year and misses a substantial amount of time uh and then rashad penny equal same same exact thing and rashad penny's getting a lot of love in a lot of these like early um you know adps and stuff like that uh that dude had he's been hurt every year every year He's been in the league. He's been hurt. Yeah. He was nasty, though, at the end of last year. Yeah, I I also picked him up in fantasy. He was nasty. But um, so let, quickly, let's just go to receiver. Um, obviously, like, you have the top dogs. Uh, I think out of the 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 most – like, the big moves, like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, you could throw Amari Cooper in there, Hollywood Brown. Uh, to me – the best one was Devontae Adams, I, I think. He does go to a loaded division, though, which is that that's where that comes into play. Like, he's going to play a lot of hard defenses. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is not. That's fair. That's fair. But I would say the Chargers, yes, and the Broncos. Patrick yeah, Cannes going to be on that boy. Yeah, okay. I like Sertain, but, like, it's still Devontae Adams, bro. He still yeah. gets it. That's true, but this is also that. That's another, another one of those things where was it Belichick or was it Brady? Was it Rodgers or was it Devontae Adams? I think it was a combination, but you know I what mean, I'm saying. Bro, he fucking threw him the ball like seventy times a game. It felt like I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, was it just like <laughs> was, was it their pure connection and and like Aaron Rodgers? Like, because Tom Brady was historically known for making receivers better. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I would agree, does the same thing. So it's our first time seeing them separated. I'm curious yeah, to see that. Yeah, he's going to Derek Carr, who's certainly very solid. I think having Darren Waller, having um, Renfro, yeah, exactly, Hunter Renfro, uh, that helps out, and even Josh Jacobs to an extent. I think that all helps. I mean, I think that is the huge and like to have like. It sounds crazy, but like not a run-oriented offense. Like, think about that. That's what he's been running, like, dealing with the last couple of years in reality. 
which again I don't think stopped him from having great years. But I, I this could I agree with you. He's in a harder division now because there's two teams that have quality corners that can guard him. Quality, very, very well. Yes, Broncos is just pass or tan, but yeah. Then you could also argue these could be high scoring games, which would be good for him. I think they're very unpredictable games would be the way I would explain it. But yeah, I feel like I, I could see it going either way, honestly. Oh, for sure. I agree. But my only other thing is it could go that way. And that's massive. And the only other thing I'll say is this, is that, you know, that now he actually has other people for the first time in forever that can actually like do stuff. So people can't just constantly double him. Like if Waller's healthy, dude, if they just constantly double Devontae, he's going to absolutely feast. Yeah, that's why I like Carr a lot. Like this is—I mean, I liked Carr last year a lot, and I like—I wish I would have got him, dude. I like this is going to be a year like uh, Carr had like one of his best years in the NFL last year. Like I feel like if that's the case, and this year might even be better. I don't know, man. That that—that's a big one. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like Tyree Kill is gonna, like his value's kind of down. I feel like the pub like the. I want to say the public like also see it down. I think his as it stands, his value should be further down because um, leaving that situation, the combination of like the the downgrade from Patrick Mahomes to two is absolutely massive, and then also having that like receiver tandem of him and Kelsey. It, I like I love Waddle. I love Waddle. I love Jacecki. I think there are very good receivers on the Dolphins. But none of the caliber that drew the the double team, or at least the attention away from Hill that Kelsey did and Mahomes, like so. That's why I think he is. I think the the second best move or receiver move was probably Hollywood because again, leaving a more run dominant team, uh, there's more accuracy with Kyler Murray. Um, He's going to be the main guy for the first six weeks or whatever until Hop comes back. And when Hop comes back, I think it's only going to make it better because this allows him to build the chemistry with Kyler. And then um, when Hop comes back, then it, it it creates that problem for the defenses of who do you who do you See, choose? I've actually read that the opposite. People don't like Hollywood Brown because they're like he's never really been a very good number one receiver. Last year was like his best year, and he I don't think he even had like a thousand yards, or he barely had a thousand yards. They're like, I was reading this article. They're like, having Hopkins out is like, that's going to be really tough for him in that offense. They were just saying that, like, they like Hollywood Brown may not be a guy to take. But I agree with your logic, honestly. With Hollywood not being there, you already know they're going to spread the ball around. Um, I think this could be a really good year for him. Yeah, there's going to be more throws. But I don't know, man. I feel like his value is kind of similar to what it was last year. Maybe a little bit better, but I don't think he's going to be substantially better personally. I think his value's up a little bit, but do you think he's going to be substantially better? I, I really don't because they still got – that offense is predicated on, like, spreading the ball around too. Like, when Hawkins was out, like, Ertz feasted. I feel like – and then they drafted Trey McBride. Like, I feel like he might be a little bit more too tight end set type thing. They brought A.J. Green back, Rondell Moore. I mean, they got some guys. Like, I don't know. We'll see how they – I just don't – we got to see how they're going to use them, don't you think? Like, yeah, so, like, maybe he's more of a guy that if he falls late in the draft, which I doubt he will because he's a pretty – he's a pretty big name. But I feel like I, – I personally am really, really bad at trading – but he's someone that I may look at to trade for because, like you said, there may be there may be growing pains early on in their in their in the first couple of weeks without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, these aren't guys that I'm necessarily like. Devontae is probably the only one. I like I would take Tyreek Hill if he falls, but again, you have to know the people you play with. There's no way Tyreek Hill falls in our league because there's too many Dolphin fans that would that they're going to take him. Um, you know who I think is the number one receiver this year? It, you could, I, Jay Jetta or, or my boy Jamar yeah, Chase. Jay Jetta. Jay Jetta. Jay Jetta, I think, is the number one receiver, bro. Because he gets a ton of catches and he gets a ton of yards. And he, like, I think him or Chase, dude. I Like, I love Chase. Like, we all know how much I love Chase. They beefed up the O-line. Uh, like, so that's going to give Burrow more time in the pocket. Uh, I He's going to – and, like – 
Jamar Chase was a, a, a year removed from football, essentially, um, prior to last year. I, I think it's, it's only going to go up. Those are the two I love. I love those two massively. I, I trust Jefferson more personally. Obviously, you got another year more mm-hmm. of production. And I think, like, he's been so solid and, like, and kind of an old-stale, run-dominated offense. And now you get O'Connell from the Rams, the master of mismatches and stuff like that. I could definitely see them using like a Cooper Cup type role, just feed the freaking animal. Oh man, that that's I why. Think- sorry, I, like last thing, last time I'm gonna cut you off in this this talk. That's why I really, really, really am high on the Vikings winning their division this year because, you know, that offense is gonna be unworldly. Like Jay Jetta, Thielen's gonna be back. They're gonna f- hopefully Irv could survive the OTAs and the off season and he could go into the season healthy. Irv Smith is going to be unlocked. That's another tight end. I think is worth keeping an eye on um, in, in the latter half of the draft. If you don't, if you miss on some of those earlier guys, like Irv Smith has got to watch Dalvin cook, even Alexander Madison to help spell Dalvin. It's there. KJ Osborne was great last year when he played. Hopefully, you know, with a new coach, it's always a little difficult, but everyone seems kind of reinvigorated. Uh, my friend, my colleague at work, he's from Minnesota. He has some connections. I know some about the Vikings. They said that Zimmer just, like, checked out and, like, people hated it. He was, like, turning TVs off, like, in, like, their game rooms and stuff. Like, it was just everyone was miserable. So I think things were stale and old there. I think they brought in a bunch of new stuff and, like, new guys. So that's huge. And obviously the defense being better is obviously going to help the offense, like – the defense was terrible last year. It should be better. I definitely knew they could win division. I still am picking the Packers, but I think it's just a safer pick. I think their records are going to be close within, like, one or two games. But, uh, I mean, yeah, man, if everything goes right, that offense should be phenomenal, especially if Dalvin could stay healthy for a full year. Dude, that's just nuts. Like, that's just super nuts. I like I like, I like, like Chase, too. I just feel like there's some more mouths to feed. He's definitely going to be good. I think more it's not that he was like he had that year off. Think about it, he's another year in the league. Like, and I just read an article about it. He said he just like knows the offense better. Like he he like knows that like he feels more comfortable. I think that's huge. Obviously the O line, Jesse's right, being better, massive. So and I, I think sneaky pick would be Hayden Hurst at tight end. Keep an eye on that. I think he has more talent receiving wise than Ozuma did. So like if Ozuma was Yeah, so like that's a sneaky pick. There's definitely a couple of players like I've read some stuff. Like, I think Cole Met is an eye to keep, a guy to keep an eye on out of Chicago. The, so, the, that's the thing. When it comes to tight end, I agree. Like, you have to try to get one of the top five guys. And then, like, I would not touch tight end till like, the, the towards the end of the draft. And then I would try to get, yeah, like, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, um, Hayden Hurst, like, any of those, like, other option guys. That's the best move. I, like... Because I feel like in the middle rounds, you're losing value at other positions and you're not going to get the like that boom potential that you will from like Irv, Hayden Hurst. Um, so what? Who? who's like, I know you said you don't like rookies. If you had to choose, like what are like two or three rookies that you're kind of keeping your eye out for like at receiver? That's always tough, man. Um, everyone really loves Olave. I think that's really dependent on if Michael Thomas plays. If Michael Thomas plays, I think that's huge for Olave. I think if he doesn't play, he can still get a lot of touches. So that's a guy, I think just volume-wise, he's going to get touches. So I think out of all the rookies, he might be the guy that has the best ability to get the most touches, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like Olave so, a lot as well. I, I like Olave. I mean, dude, it's hard. I mean, you're going to have to assume, like, Drake London's going to get a lot of touches. I, would I draft him high? No, but, like, he's a guy that, like, you're going to have to assume he's going to get a lot of touches. They don't really have great receivers. So, and they like, put a lot of uh, capital in him, so. Yeah. I think Garrett Wilson's risky. I think I would actually rather have the other two than Garrett Wilson. 100%. Sure. 100%. Uh, they got Corey Davis. They brought in a bunch of tight ends. They got running backs. And then, like, they still have Elijah Moore and Barrios. Like, there's just a lot of mouths. Yep. 
So I agree with London. I agree with Alave. Um, another guy that I'm kind of like looking at is I've I've seen like stuff about Bell um, in in Cleveland, like working out with the first team. That's that's an interesting one to keep an eye out for. The only problem, pretty run heavy offense. They tr- traded for Amari Cooper, and uh, it's it to me. I hope the NFL uses this as a perfect time to make an example of this unacceptable behavior by Deshaun Watson um, and crack down on him, which then that significantly impacts any receiving value there. Um, I, I, uh, I think I might try and like target one of the Steelers like rookies. Um, you know, they took Pickens three of them. Pickens. Yeah, they had it, yeah. Pickens is a freaking beast. They have uh, some open, some vacancies there. Uh, even I, I see this now sounds hypocritical, but even Jamison Williams maybe, um, like as a, a late a late uh, late round flyer, if not a free agent pickup after the draft, just because that's a situation where you're going to be passing the ball more because you're going to be losing. Okay. So um, then we got to get our boy, John Menchie. I love, yeah, I love Mechie. I, I that's a that's a guy, a hundred percent Brandon Cooks esque. Um, like not, I'm not saying like he's gonna be Brandon Cooks or like he's the same style. I'm just saying like he's a guy you could get very late in the in the draft. Um, you're probably gonna take him last round if not free agent pickup. But same situation, throwing the ball a lot. Uh, that guy's a freaking stud. He should have been a first rounder if it weren't for the injury. If not probably one of the first receivers taken if not for the injury guy's a beast i absolutely love him yeah and i I like davis mills personally so i think with a full you know year to be the quarterback and commitment there and who's to say that who's to say they don't trade brandon cooks you know like at some point during the season well they just just extended cooks i don't think they're gonna trade cooks unless they're really bad that's what i'm saying like what if they you know they they start off similar to well not similar but like they you know they lose like the first five games or so and they're like all right let's let the young bucks play see what we got and get draft capital out of brandon cooks i feel like though like their young bucks are nico collins and then like they're still going to be able to play even with cooks a guy that i've read that some people think is an intriguing pick is a tight end for them brevin jordan Brevin Jordan, he's from, started going off and started playing more. Yeah, he's he's from UM, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, we will see. Uh, this was like a really hard episode to do in a timely manner because there's a lot to cover. Uh, I don't know about you, David, but we could um, we could do more uh, fantasy stuff. It's just hard right now because like the rosters are so massive. OTAs are just starting. Um, there's still some potential moves that can be made. Um, DK Metcalf is not attending OTAs. Yeah, I think that's something we can talk about next week. Maybe some free agents where we think they're going to go and maybe some trades we think that might happen. Perfect. Yep, let's do that. Um, all right, everyone. Well, we appreciate all the love and support. Um, yeah, let us know what else you'd like to hear. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at I-M-H-O Sports Pod. Again, that's I-M-H-O Sports Pod. And we really appreciate all the love and support. And we'll talk to you guys next week.